Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome in another episode of Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Mike here alongside Johnny B. And we actually just realized it's a big day. Episode 52. That means 52 weeks of recording this with Johnny. He's still got the same crusty old book sitting behind him on the shelves. It's all just for show. So we figured today we're kind of just going to revisit some of the past topics we've covered and just talk about reselling in general in the past year and all the craziness that kind of has unfolded. Um, I guess I'll start with mine. And it's more like a recent like kind of craziness is the fact that we're sitting in October and we can still send stuff into Amazon, right? Last year, we all know the doors closed around September and uh, our businesses had to completely change overnight. This year is a completely different story. It's a blessing. It could also be a curse because if next year we count on this happening again and then it doesn't happen again, it's like every year as a reseller, you don't know what you're going to get hit with. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my crazy, my crazy thing that's been on my mind is the fact that I'm sitting in October, I'm sending boxes out this week. So what we got? What's going on in your head over there? Yeah, I, I this last year this time I was sad because I had just gotten the buy box the month before, like a week before it closed, and I was like, well. I sent stuff in. Now I'll just wait. And I waited and I waited and I waited for like, I don't know, what was it? Six months, five months, something like that. And then we had a whole bunch of rule changes when I decided to tap out of Amazon. And you know what? Now I'm back in Amazon. That's a fun time. So I did a lot of interesting things on eBay between last year and this year. Um, still making changes. So it's always a constant tweaking thing. But Amazon's kind of the same old, same old, just different game. Different. Yeah, it's just like if you really think about it, like Amazon really doesn't require much thought, like compared to an eBay business, right? You're trying different things in the background, you know, you're trying to grow an eBay store or following. Amazon is just like, whatever, send it in and sell it. Like, duh. like I mean, the Amazon. only thing that I really noticed changed on Amazon is the prices had to, or what you scanned had to go up in value. That's the only real change I saw with Amazon. Yeah, because of fees. I mean, it's, I'll be curious to see here what they do with fees. Uh, I mean, this past year, I think overall for reselling, like it's been so up and down, right? I feel like there were points like where everybody was riding high, things were great. And then like, you know, the summer, the whole summer slowdown shenanigans that goes on every year. It's like, man, I don't know. It's like this the summer slowdown talk. It's like it's like if I got to listen to that Mariah Carey Christmas song, dude, like that's the equivalent to me. Like I just, I get so burnt out with it. I'm just like, I can't really be bothered because I'm still selling stuff. And I guess it is weird. Like my business has changed as well. I'm the used book guy, but I'm selling more used DVDs than I am selling used books, right? Everything has to change. Everything pivots. And like you said, it's just because the fee structure, right? Amazon bases the fees off the size and the weight. Of course, a DVD is going to be a lot less and a lot smaller than your typical hardback book. So th the past year has been fun. It's been a wild ride, like recording 52 episodes of this, all the crazy resellers we've had on the podcast and more to come. It's like just looking back, you know, nothing, nothing against you, but it's always it's, it's much more fun if we have somebody else we can pick on, Johnny. It's just not me and you. 
I know, right? I mean, uh, I got some Australians from down under I can bring on. Um, some other people, but yeah. Um, I will be curious to see here, though, how this Q4 plays out. As always, there's always some kind of talk going on, right? People have been relating slow sales currently to uh, student loans coming back because they were, you know, you could defer the student loans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The student that's, that's kind of like the hot topic right now, right? In the reselling world, well, people aren't going to be spending as much money. Um, so, you, you know, nobody's going to buy your books, Johnny. You might as well go back and get your old job, beg for it back. I think so many people just, they just like harping on like the negative. I'm one of these people. I forget what it was. I got a comment the other day. It was like, it was something related to something that might happen, right? Like, oh, a, a comet could hit the earth, right? I'm the type of person with the business. I'll cross the bridge when it gets here. Like, I'm not trying to plan for these unforeseen things that may never happen. But a lot of people do this. Like, the comet's coming, Johnny. I looked at my telescope last night. I seen it. Is that the right for us? And, and the future elephants who will evolve into the inherit the earth will have statues of little humans of the epic meteor hitting us it'll be great the reptilian the secret reptilian human society is going to take over ebay and that's going to be it they're only going to want to sell reptilian foods not books not cds not dvds <laughs> i need to get a jesse ventura on here for an episode so we can go down the, the conspiracy theory rabbit hole Mind blown. I think the other two biggest changes I've had in my business was a solid employee and opening a storefront. And I wish I had done both sooner, uh, truth be told. Well, I tried the employee route once before. That particular employee didn't work out. I've talked about her before. And then I had my army of employees. Now I have my solid employee. All right. Give me the uh, the one-minute breakdown. You need to summarize uh, your mindset before you had any employees and why you decided to get one. And then your mindset, you saw, you know, behind opening a little storefront where you can buy and sell books. Sure. Um, the employee route was, I wanted to grow my business and I was just running out of time. I was working more hours than I was working now. And I, it wasn't enough. I just, I could, I always felt like I was behind uh, with how I'm running my business um, because the, I wanted to run a bigger operation than a single person could do but i was like i don't need sleep i could do it all myself i could only do that for so long uh, before i had to throw in the towel of i can't do this solo uh of the way i want to run it now i could run it solo but i'd have to run it differently so that was my justification for an employee so i tried one she was great for a minute then she had problems not so great and then i had a bunch of them and i was like this is a bit too much um and I was looking for a certain type of person. And of that batch, I ended up with one. Uh, and she's solid. She's great. She works like a champ. Uh, couldn't ask for anybody better. Uh, now, the shop was just, well, we're bringing in a lot of stuff now. And this was pre-me getting back into Amazon. And it was like, we're still getting a lot of junk because of bulk buying. And like, what do I do with it? And I tried all kinds of things to get away with, get rid of it. I tried a yard sale. I tried... Um, going around to shops and stuff. I tried donation things. They just they wouldn't take it enough of it. They had certain requirements. They wanted to give me partial store credit, not even full store credit. Bad bookshops, bad. Uh, I was like, so I got to get rid of it somehow. Let's try the brick and mortar. And that's been the best play. 
because people are taking boxes of books that way. I'm getting more money in the long run than I would have gotten anywhere else uh, outside of maybe a yard sale. But yard sales is a lot of work. There was initially a lot of work setting up the shop, but there's very little work now that it's all set up. Yeah, I like the idea of like, you know, the the storefront moves everything and you don't have to move all the like think about it right me versus you i gotta go to second and charles i gotta drive there i gotta drop it off i gotta wait to get my offer it's just like it's too much of a headache so having everything centralized if you're going to do any kind of bulk anything whether that's media clothes shoes you need to have a plan to easily get rid of the stuff that isn't worth the money and i think that's kind of the huge benefit and i said it before you probably should have did it a long time ago but you don't know until you now, know right the best part is people bring me inventory now i i paid for very little i offer to pay money it's on the board i don't even have donations on the board it's uh buy sell and trade but people believe it or not just give me the stuff um and i i take it <laughs> And I what's think... junk is junk, and what's eBay is eBay, and what's Amazon is Amazon. So divide the stuff that gets brought in to one of those three locales. What's uh, what's that one food restaurant that's got the big guy with the donut that sits outside as the sign? I think you think he has a donut. That's gonna the drive boy me. Guy, the the child boy guy, the childlike guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get one of those for you, and it's gonna be you with a book. You know, it's outside yeah. your shop. It's gonna it's gonna stand up like a water tower. So anywhere. Texas, you can see where the store is located. <laughs> we have the worst signage. I need to actually make that a little bit better. Uh, signage and more internet presence. Um, just the backlog. I need. I need to take a week and just concentrate on the store. But I, I'm my store is like the bottom of my to do list, and I need to take a moment, honestly, to make it the top of my priority list for like a week. What is what are some of the craziest things because you're in some groups too dude so i know you see crazy stuff out there i don't need you to spill exact beans on people's names and everything but like what are some crazy things you've heard in the past year in relation to reselling because i got a few oh man let's uh let, let's put everything on auction and see what happens the stuff that won't sell i'm like why why are well, A, you're continuing to buy the stuff you don't want. Why are you doing that? That's a bad idea. Uh, two, uh, let's see. Crazy nonsense. Well, let me try let me try this niche. I'm like, why? You you can't make that niche work. You're gonna try to do do it again in this thing you know zero about. That doesn't make any sense either. That's so weird. It's just switching. I never even like switching niches, switching niches. It's like a tongue twister. That means you're not supposed to do it. If you can't say it out loud 10 times fast, then you're not, it's not meant to be. Switching right? niches, switching niches. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Something bad's going to come out. <laughs> it's like, that's tough. I mean, especially maybe like if you have some experience in another, you know, niche you want to get into, but like, if I'm just going to basically switch something overnight just because this isn't working instead of, I guess it's the root... broken before, yeah. I don't but know, starting over. Yeah. What's the root cause? Why isn't it working? Right. That would be the first step. But people, people look for the quote unquote, easy path, easy patch fixes. Right. And in actuality, that's like, that's the hardest thing you can do is just completely switch your business. But they're like, well, I don't want to deal with this stuff anymore. I'm just going to go over here and mess with this shiny object. And I think that's like the shiny object syndrome is real, especially in the Amazon world, right? And it's not just the objects, it's business models. 
I mean, if we think about when we started this podcast a year ago, uh, at the time, like it was, it was OA. OA was a huge thing a year ago. And then it switched to eBay to Amazon. Now we got Amazon to Amazon. And now a lot of those people are going into wholesale. So within a year, we've basically had four life cycles of hot businesses. Don't forget AI. Don't forget about AI. It's like, it's crazy to me that it's not even just a shiny object anymore. It's a shiny business idea. It's not, it's not just like and people, I get it all the time because I'm a lot of friends. I'm, I've got a lot of friends that are OA sellers. Hey, when are you going to get into OA? Hey, when are you going to start doing this? And I'm just like, I want to be good at the one thing that I'm doing and, you know, master that, master that as best as I can. There's still a lot of room for, I mean, you're never going to get to a point where it's like 100% perfect. But uh, kind of what I've developed over the past year is like, I got a lot of my time back. I'm making more money than I did. So it's like, I'm going the right way. Why would I just want to hop on this other, you know, quote unquote, profitable business adventure if what you have works? And I think what happens is people see like, they almost justify the change by like, oh, it's been a slow month on Amazon. So I can't sell uh, clothing anymore. I got to switch to selling sneakers. It's like, when you're looking for a change, or when you're looking for something negative, like to make you do something, you're going to find it every single time. I mean, even I'm guilty of this. I've changed what I've done in my own business like three or four times this year. I mean, there's that, I mean, we're talking about this before the call a little bit. There's that two month period when I was listing 50 items a day. And you know what? Those 50 items a day were all junk Nora Roberts books. And, and that kind of screwed me as I've been kind of, trying to figure out how to move that stuff and i tried all kinds of things some stuff works better than others um and then got back to what i knew and then oh well let, let's change it to an asp model which is what i'm currently working with um and i think i like that a lot better as it's it still work but it's less of it and it frees me up to do more things in my business like amazon and or storefront nonsense um yeah, but say you you stayed within your your lane though, right? I, it's all I stayed with. I was always books, always, always, always books. Like, okay, how do I how do I get better at the book game? What do I switch here and there? Now, there's a thing to be said for experimenting and seeing what works and what doesn't work, and then adjusting and moving forward. But sometimes you have to give up on experiments and like this just doesn't work. Bottom line, because you can overdo an experiment and you do your blue in the face. Maybe I didn't give it enough time. Let's do it for another month. Oh, maybe three months, maybe six months and two years down the road. You still saying that same old song and dance? You shouldn't be. There definitely has been a change in thrift stores over the past year. Uh, anybody out there that has a thrifting model like myself, we all know prices are going up. Goodwill now, you know, their books are basically $2.99 across the board minimum. If you look a year, maybe a little bit longer than a year ago, I used to be able to get books for 50 cents softback, 97 cents hardback at Goodwill's. Them days are gone. So we all know prices are going up. We all know that thrift stores now all have online businesses, online shops. It's getting harder and harder to find things if you're if you're doing thrifting because all the businesses see the opportunity of reselling. So the thrifting, you know, it's it's harder, but you always have to be looking for ways to kind of have a relationship and and get ahead of the curve. Um, a, a fun fact story here that I haven't even uh. Even haven't even talked about this to anybody. So this is like breaking news. Um, I have one Goodwill bins left around me. So the other day, uh, it was a miserable day. It was like, I think it was like Monday. No, it wasn't Monday. It was Tuesday and it was raining. I'm like, I haven't been to this one, right? So I'm like, I'm going to go. 
just for funsies, right? So Deb's already laughing, right? I tell Deb, I'm like, hey, Deb, I'm going to go check out this bin. She's like, oh, <laughs> you're a fool. I'm like, I got to know. I got to know. So I go in. I mean, dude, the amount of people that are sitting in there, I'm not kidding. They got camping chairs, right? These people live in those things. There's no books. I mean, there's no bins of books at this. It's all clothing and your junk home goods that are just completely destroyed. But I kid you not, in this, you know, thousand square foot little bin, it's not a big bins. There's probably a thousand people in there, dude. I literally walked in. I laughed. I walked around just to make sure there's no bins of books. I'm out, dude. These people, I mean, I, I that's not... I think we get into reselling to like, we, we want to make money, but like, I don't know, like that doesn't seem enjoyable to me, dude, to just sit and like, let me just send you to one thrift store all day, cross your fingers and pray to the reselling gods that they bring out stuff and that there's some profitable stuff in there that you can even grab because there's 10 million other people. It's like, I don't listen. If somebody listens to this, lives at the bins, I apologize, but that's like the last place you're relying on your business. Like, I don't know. I, I personally, if I had to sit at the bins two days a week for my business to survive, I'm out. That's not enjoyable for me. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm not going to say her name where she's located, but she goes to the bins actively. And she messaged me when this happened because it was involved books. So a gentleman got a lifetime ban from all goodwills because he threatened another bookseller that he was going to go out to his car and get his gun because the other gentleman took his books. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's survival of the fittest in those places, man. Who's going to shoot somebody over a pile of books? Honestly, that's ridiculous. That's the biggest hurdle I have when it comes to a thrifting model is I don't mind dealing with people, right? I could sit here all day. We could talk all day long, but, uh, the common courtesy of years past is gone. Right. And especially when it comes to selling books, I say it all the time. You come across another bookseller, there's a 90% chance they're going to be a rotten soul. <laughs> That's just the reality of it. Um, it's it's really, I think it's like, the problem is a lot of the old timers are ticked off that new people are in the business making money, tanking the market, whatever, whatever. Well, that's just the way business works. Um, but yeah, the, the, the thrifting market over the past year that we've been doing this podcast it's definitely gotten harder to find stuff. You got to search for deals. You got to take advantage of half off days. You got to take advantage of knowing, you know, the person that puts out this stuff that you're looking for in the thrift stores. There's so many ways you can cheat. Yeah. I, okay, go ahead. I think cheating is is almost a requirement if you want to survive in a reselling business long term. If you can call it cheating. I mean, I like to call it cheating because people get all salty when you say, hey, um, I can go in the back room of a goodwill and they're like, well, that's unfair to me. Well, you snooze, you lose sucker. No, absolutely. That That's the only way to win this game is figure out how you do better than your competitors. How do you do better than everybody else? I mean, they're, they may not even be competitors like me. I'm a book guy, but I'm more of a vintage book guy and, or if it's worth a lot of money book guy. So how do I, how do I get better at that game? What am I doing differently and better or and or better than what everybody else is doing like even max has mentioned this he sources books differently i source books differently you source books differently how are you sourcing i uh, that is a process and probably the biggest process that will catapult your business the other one in that that may be a, as equal a valuable equal in value there we go there's, there's better english for you 
equal in value to that is networking with people. I've gotten some great networking. I'm not even talking about um, like in my area, like even online. I met people and we've negotiated deals. I mean, even me and Max made a deal. We talk about it a couple, a little bit here and there. Or me talking, like you, you send me a box of books every now and again. That's cool. That's a, I got a huge box waiting for you, dude. I got to fill it up with a little bit more stuff. Right. So networking. And I know some people don't like to socialize and chit chat and all that, but there are benefits to doing so. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there's other things outside of this group, but I mentioned the two that are relevant to this group, Max and Mike and some other people. Do you uh, think like you can just be a quiet little, uh, quiet little good boy and not talk to anybody? And I think with Amazon, you probably could be profitable, but I don't think you could be as profitable. I'm not saying you should go out and be a YouTuber, no offense, Mike, or big, big name on social media, but you can be quiet and very surgical and make a lot of money, I think. If you, if you are good at buying stuff online and you're because uh, that's your game because you don't like going out and socializing and wheeling and dealing, I love that personally, but I'm more an outgoing person than what we're talking about here. I think you can make a lot of money that way. So, yes, I, I think that personality type can do very well. Could they do as well or more? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that one. Maybe is my going to be my official answer on that. Um, On the topic of YouTube. Uh, let's look at the year past of reselling on YouTube. Uh, for me, I kind of, I don't, I don't, I'm not subscribed to a ton of channels, right? Uh, this past year, I've kind of purged a lot of channels. Um, are you, how often are you on YouTube? Um, it, well, every day, but that's mainly to listen to music and or take a day. Like I'm bored of music. Let's catch up on all the book podcasts I'm behind. Sorry, Mike, I'm behind on your videos too. I will say that uh, the reselling YouTube community, it's it's. I think it's making steps in the right direction. There's always going to be the the clickbait, nonsensical videos, but I do think the core group of the bigger reselling YouTubers uh, are trending in the right direction overall. I won't get into names; everybody knows who they are. But uh, I do think like it's kind of blocking out a lot of the noise now from some of these smaller peons like myself that from time to time, you know, or not time to time, every day, the sky is falling mentality. Um, so I think that is good in that sense of it. I think there is a change going on finally, maybe because we're past summer and now the, the, the cry babies are actually selling stuff because it's not the summer slowdown anymore. But, uh, I do think it is headed in the right direction. That's very interesting. Um, you got my brain turning on that. Like, like even even you watching your videos uh, from older to newer, newest ones, it's it, the evolution of your business. Same for like Andrew and 510 Books, even though they're no offense, Mr. Andrew, there isn't really an evolution. You're doing the same thing as like when your videos first started or even Mel from Back from Burnout, watching her transition in her business. So the content being produced from the after effects of that is like interesting for to think about from a viewer perspective like i want to i want to be able to relate to the person i'm watching not to the person that's 10 years and light years ahead of me how do i compare myself to that how do i get there kind of deal so that's an interesting perspective to think about maybe that's too in depth for our general viewership here but that's just something i just thought about no i mean listen i i run the most pathetic ebay store right if they're like hey who here has a pathetic ebay at least store? you run an ebay store at least you run one suck at amazon sellers like, I admit it, right? But like 
I'm not active on eBay at all. Like I, but I can listen to every uh, daily refinement tech and sports. Yeah. Like I've learned so much about the platform and business overall. I mean, yeah, they're light years ahead of like revenue that, that I make, but it's still like you learn business practices from some of these bigger folk. But I do think it's a very slippery slope about who you're listening to out there on the YouTube world. Like it's uh, I mean, there's people out there that should not be making content and should not have any subscribers. There's lots of them in the reselling world. But uh, it's just it's it's gravitational pull when you hear like oh, you got to do this to make a million dollars. And in the Amazon world, I think it's a lot more prevalent, right? Like the Amazon people are all like, oh, six figures, seven figures. Oh yeah, you need to do this. You need to do that. But like at the end of the day, every single business, you, me, anybody else, it's completely different than the next. There's no two like businesses out there. So it's like, just because this works for Johnny, I'm not running to do it, right? Like even if this is making him millions of dollars, there's no way I can guarantee or he can guarantee that if I implement this thing, it's going to make me money, but that's not the reality out there in, in the YouTube world. So yeah, that kind of covers the YouTube nonsense over the past year. What else has kind of gone down that's been big to you the past year of reselling? I, I, I'm going to go back to one of the two valuable things I mentioned, uh, networking. I met another bookseller. He does Amazon. He does eBay. Him and I are doing a fair bit of business together. He brings me some paperbacks and money. Uh, and I give him books that he desires for his store uh, that I don't want because he he's more he's honestly more focused on his brick and mortar store than he is on his Amazon and eBay business. Now, some stuff he buys off me is for his eBay business, uh, mainly because he likes to do lots. I hate doing lots. I'm not taking the time to do that. Um, so that was huge for me. Um, and also uh, we're scanning stuff for him because he wants some stuff to, for a certain rank for his storefront because that's his model for his storefront. It's an interesting thing to do that. Like, hey, I'm going to just put on my storefront what the people actually like to read, regardless if Amazon wants it or not. So I, I found that very curious. I'm not doing that in my store because my store is more of a liquidation model. Um, liquidation store model, that is. Uh, what else did I do this year? Um... Yeah, so the packaging, I, I don't think I've ever talked about this. I've started, now that I've got my dimensions down and I spent a small fortune over at Uline, I just order my packaging from eBay or cheaper places these days, as long as it's the same thing relatively. Now, Uline is going to have the top-of-the-line quality, but it's also going to have the top-of-the-line pricing. Um, so cutting some costs there. Um, employee workflow, that's another thing. Uh, maybe or may not apply to some viewership, but basically she's running my Amazon business. Um, I do eBay outside of the eBay photos because I hate photos. So when she's done with that, she just moseys on over to FBM and FBA, packs boxes, even takes them to the drop-off place for me. Uh, the only thing I really do in Amazon is sometimes I'll help scan or and or book prep, like with stickers and stuff, just to help. Thing with employees is you want what they're doing to make you money. If they're busy just sweeping the floor, that makes you no money. That makes the shop clean. So I try to help her whenever she's here. Her work involves making me money. That makes sense. And it's good to know that you probably have, you know, rats running around your shop because you don't sweep the floor. I sweep the floor. She doesn't need to be sweeping the floor. She needs to be making me money because my time is my time's not free but I can stay a little extra to do the things that don't necessarily make me money. They make the shop clean kind of deal. Um, I'll, I I got a hot take here. Uh, 
I think in the past year, resellers overall have been looking to take the easy way out. Oh, yeah. Hurts me. <laughs> it's, I don't know, like, I don't know, man. It's any business you have, it's going to take work, right? Reselling is not passive income uh, in any way, shape, or form. But I do think like the past year, we have seen a trend of um, basically people looking for the easiest way to kind of get rich quick kind of schemey type stuff out there, right? Uh, with Amazon, Amazon automation, right? You just give me 20 grand and I'll make sure you get paid every month. Uh, and a lot of that, you know, and I think that's the appeal to a lot of like the online arbitrage is you know you don't have you don't have to go nowhere right you know it's kind of a lifestyle change which there's nothing wrong with that but i think a lot of new people get sucked into that idea of hey i can sit here today and make 10k and i don't even have to leave my computer screen and it's like the furthest thing from reality it's like i do think the past year we have seen a trend in resellers wanting to do less make more but not actually understanding the process it takes to build a business like that yeah, it's a hard transition. Uh, it's nothing easy about it. Like I, I thought about this uh, when I when I moved to a more ASP focused model. I still do paperbacks, but they're after my ASP items, um, and some of those meet my metrics. Anyway, I was like, how did I used to source before? Like when I first started, I was like, let me go back to the basics here. Um, I hit Facebook. I hit Craigslist. Um, eBay wasn't even my radar. That wasn't a thing I used to think about shopping from eBay. Uh, look for yard sales and stuff like that. Um, and this is before I knew about auction houses too. So I, I was like, I try to get back to the basics to think along how I used to think, how I used to source. Cause I, cause I moved off of those things for a while. Cause I, I knew faster ways and different ways that people aren't looking at. What about the stuff I used to look at? Um, Cause I left that stuff behind library sales weren't a thing either. Those weren't on my radar uh, back in the day. I say back in the day, it's been less than two years. <laughs> back in the day. It's like 15 day. years and reseller years. That's what that is. It too. does feel like it though, right? Because as a reselling business, you're always redefining your business. You're always making changes. And I think that's why we can continually stay around is adjusting with the market. I think a lot of these people that kind of, you know, their their reselling life sucks is because they're stuck in their ways. You know, we talk about it all the time. It's like, you have to make changes or you're going to go away. Sooner or later, things are going to change. And if you don't change with the market, even though, hey, maybe the old way was really good to you, you got to get on the new way, right? That's just the reality of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, And new rules on the platform, stamps going up, gas going up, gas is higher than it used to be. So going out on those four hours cost a bit more. I mean, you can attest to this, certainly. Oh, yeah. More road trips than me. Uh, mine, I did take that. I did do my first cross line sourcing this year. I went to California for a big haul. Me too, dude. I went to uh, the wonderful state that I yeah. said in the video, like in it, you know, because I just had Baltimore on my mind. I'm in the state of Baltimore. Yeah, real smart, dude. In Maryland, maybe. <laughs> but uh, uh, listen, my geography and my literature skills are not good, right? I was good with math growing up. Math was my big thing. So uh, I, I, I mean, I can't say nothing else about it. Yeah. I mean, and there's still some things I haven't done yet that I want to try, but I, it's always, it's interesting. We're always wanting to do these different things. And I think it's good to some extent 
but also we can get distracted from what's working. Don't mess with what works. Um, and also we can ignore what's not working. We need to fix what's not working too. That other stuff, that fancy stuff, I mean, these other two things come before that, the fixing what's working and keep what is working. All right, I'm going to wrap up the, before we jump into the members part here with my final thought here. Um, I had Jerry Springer on the other night, dude. Uh, and I completely forgot at the end of his episodes, he gives like a final thought for like each episode, right? So like maybe, I, maybe I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out ways to incorporate that into my YouTube, right? Like Mike's final thought, right? So uh, my final thought here is the past year, we've seen lots of changes in reselling. I do think there is still lots and lots of money to be made. I, I think, you know, if you started today, you could have a six-figure business next year um with reselling block out a lot of the noise focus on people that you can relate to that actually have a proven track record um and so you can kind of understand the business and learn things from them that maybe not make the same mistakes but i do think the past year reselling has been good to us you know yeah fees go up fees are always going to go up i don't even think we really can like expect them not to so we're going to wrap it up here we appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you all in next week's episode no final thought for johnny even though he was probably winding one up he'll be able to say it in the members part thanks for listening to another episode of the resellers mindset podcast today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all youtube members along with the weekly zoom call and private discord head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as 2.99 a month